Hey, hey, and welcome into So Rare Dingers, a So Rare MLB podcast. I'm Austin Farr, far out with two R's and two T's on So Rare, and welcome into episode six for Game Week 48. That's going to start on September 15th. It's also Google.com day, so you guys just let me do the Googling. Everybody sit back, pour themselves a drink, and let's go win some cards. The first game of the day is going to be at 6.35 Eastern. It's going to be New York at Pittsburgh. So you guys have a little extra time today, thank goodness. We've had some, some early starts over the past few game weeks, but we can actually take our time, start to understand who's actually going to be starting and sitting in these first couple days. And that's going to be, or I guess the first, the first couple games in the first day. And that's going to be important as teams start to clinch like the Braves did, and we'll talk about that a little later on. So if you like the show, tell your friends to like and subscribe. If you don't like the show, well, you probably use Bing, to be honest. Few things, a few realizations that I made before starting into today's regularly scheduled program. Uh, we've been going through the suggestion section and really digging in on some deep tracks, assuming that everybody's been playing their studs, right? And thinking that, oh, if I suggest this team, then people will play. Say, if I suggest the Rangers, everybody plays their Corey Seegers and their Marcus Simeons, right? Well, that may not always be the case, and we also might need to make a point to do a hierarchy and a ranking of these players. So I'm going to start to include some of them in the matchup section, but not do a full ranking. Uh, that's what fantasy sites are for. I started doing that for this episode, and then I was <laughs> ranking out the first baseman, and I thought <laughs> I was uh, doing the Dodgers, and I saw that Freddie Freeman had the Mariners, and I started to write down, well, Freddie is Freddie, so play him anyway. anyway. And I was like, well, I'm going to do that with just everybody here, so that's stupid to do that in these lineups. So what I'm going to do instead is in later on in the podcast, right around the time of the Cap 35 bit, I'm going to do a perfect world lineup, and this is going to be what I think the best lineup would be for the matchups going into that that game week regardless of price so we'll do that a little later on all right so with that let's jump in and be accountable here we had another awful week that's two bad ones in a row that puts us at a two two and one record two good weeks two bad weeks and one push since we've started the podcast uh, personally, I did have one good lineup in there. I am currently sweating out a 23rd place in limited NL only, thanks to Kodai Senga. Why did I say it that way? Well, Kodai had 10Ks tonight. Get it? Kodai with 10Ks? Anyway, uh, so that was good for me. My other lineup's not so well. And what we suggested was, well, meh. We talked about the Rockies with three games. Um, they did okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Rockies with four games, and they did okay, but they only had three games because one got postponed. Today's game got postponed, which is rough, but we can't see that coming. Nolan Jones still put up over 20 with 24. Ryan McMahon over 20. Ezekiel Tovar left a little out there, but uh, that one was okay. The other two were awful. Orioles are playing right now. Ryan O'Hearn hit a home run right now, and that's why we picked the four-game the four game, uh, teams, right? Since they have that extra day, and maybe Austin Hayes and Aaron Hicks will pick it up because they are both playing, but they are at seven and one points respectively. Aaron Hicks did have a DNP in there, which we were scared about. So, woof. The worst of it, and we kind of hinted at this before, the White Sox, Moncada, Vaughn, and Colas. Moncada and Vaughn did, man, after Colas got optioned, this is just... Awful. There's no way for us to know that. There's also no reason for them to option him. <laughs> he, they have no players. They, especially outfielders, I don't know why they're they're optioning the likes of uh, Oscar Colas. 
Heading into the recap 35 for last week, we had Logan Gilbert in our pitching slot. He did pretty well against the Angels, 21 points. Adam Montevino for 54 cents had 22 points with a save on Tuesday. That's got to be the most bang for our buck we've had so far this season. Maybe I'll start breaking these out points per cent or something like that, but that one's definitely up there. Uh, in that regard. Ryan O'Hearn with 18 points, Arcia with 18 points, and Nolan Jones with 24 were okay, but again, Hicks and Hayes with 7-1 and one respectively comes in at a grand total of 110 points as we're sitting here with the games going on tonight. Um, call me pessimistic, but I didn't think that was going to lead to anything too incredible, so I went ahead and decided to record a little earlier tonight. We got Thursday Night Football on, uh, so we'll go ahead and just say... You know, we'll chalk that one up as an L, we'll wear it, and we'll learn from it moving forward. Heading into our news and noteworthy section, we got the announcement we've all been waiting for. The announcement of the playoff brackets, not so much brackets as the playoff game weeks, how it's going to work, what the prizing is going to be, how everything is going to go down. Um, We are not going to go through all of that on this episode. I know I can hear your heart breaking as I say it. Um, There will be a special episode probably later this weekend or at the very latest next game week. We'll go over it on that podcast. But I do try to keep these under 20 minutes because you guys don't need to hear me talk by myself for many longer than that anyway. So keep an eye out for a special playoff edition of the podcast, we're going to go through what the breakdown is like, what the game modes will be like, what the prizing will be like, and strategies therein. We'll even touch on a little bit of that today. Another thing that is news and noteworthy, the Braves clinched the division. Now, I am not just saying that because I am a Braves homer, but that is one of the reasons why I'm saying it, and I want everybody to know it. But beyond that, we're going to have to start thinking about this as we go through the next couple weeks here. As the teams with the studs clinch... They might not play them the next day or the day after. Maybe it's somebody had too much champagne. Maybe it's we want to you know, get some people some rest for their bad knees, achy shoulders, whatever it might be. But we're going to have to start taking that into account as we look at our lineups moving forward. So keep that in mind as you're looking forward to the next few weeks. Speaking of the next few weeks, let's take a look at next week. Everybody on the slate has three games coming up this weekend. So what I've done is I've lined up in my opinion, what the three best matchups are for this week. The first is the Giants, who have three at the Rockies. Two righties, one lefty on the slate, Lambert, Freeland, Flexen. If you've been listening to any of the podcasts before this, you know I would love to just attack Rockies pitching. They're just not a good team. Their pitchers are not good. Sorry, Kyle Freeland, you're sometimes okay, but it's rough, especially when y'all are at home. Um, So we're taking a look at Mike Yastrzemski with a... Over the last two weeks, has a 4-12 batting average, uh, uh, eight, uh, eight runs, three homers, seven RBIs. J.D. Davis, 278, eight runs, three homers, eight RBIs. Wilmer Flores said his name a million times in the second half here, 267, 5-3, and 6 on that run, home run, RBI line. Tyro Estrada. Also, taking a look at here, when Colorado was in San Francisco last week, Tyro Estrada had two homers off of this awful pitching as well. Definitely someone to keep an eye on. He definitely gets a lot of run for them. They're one of those teams that likes to play a lot of matchups. Not everybody plays every day, but Wilmer Flores and Tyro Estrada are in there almost every day. The team with the second-best matchups is going to be the Cubs. They've got three at the Diamondbacks. Um, where they are, they are facing Fott, Davies, and Nelson. That's right. They missed the two horses for the 
Diamondbacks, and the Cubs have been red hot. I was writing down some of these numbers, and it blew my mind. It's also fun. Now we're talking about, I mentioned at the top, we're going to start to bring out some of the studs out there and some of those folks who are not the deep cuts, but you might be thinking, yeah, of course I'm going to start Cody Bellinger because he's batting 316 with 11 runs, 5 homers, 13 RBIs, and 2 steals over the last two weeks. But also the Seiya Suzuki's, 389, 9 runs, 4 homers, 15 RBIs, and a steal. Nico Horner turned it back on after a little lull, 339, 11 runs, 0 homers, and 0 RBIs, which is kind of wild, but it's the 6 steals make up for it. And then Dansby, Derek Jeter with better hair, coming in with 315, 9 runs, 1 homer, 8 RBIs, and a steal. The Cubs are going to continue raking in my opinion, in that Diamondback series. Uh, look out for a lot of big numbers from them. Uh, the last one on the slate here is the Phillies. And if you've got a pulse and you watch baseball, you know the Phillies have just been out of this world lately. They've got three at the Cardinals, two righties and a lefty on the schedule. Thompson, Michaelis, Hudson, they're going against. These numbers are absolutely insane. Trey Turner with a 383 Batting average, 13 runs, 7 homers, 15 RBIs, and 4 steals over the last 14 days. Pat myself on the back. I traded for him in three different fantasy leagues. Not sure why those folks let him get away. I guess I do. He was kind of <laughs> had an awful beginning of the season. But he's looking like a league winner now. Kyle Schwarber is finally doing what he usually does in June. It just happens to be in August and September. Batting 304, 16 runs, 6 homers, 9 RBIs. The guy is absolutely on a tear. Get him in there. He's going to keep mashing against this awful Cardinals pitching. These next two, when I was pulling out the uh, pulling out the stats here, um, had actually very rough two-week lines. Both were batting under 200 when in the last two weeks. But within the last week, they've really turned it on. And that's Bryce Harper, who's batting 333 over the last week. Six runs, two homers, four ribbies, two stolen bases. And that's compared to a two-week stretch where he was under 200. So he had a very bad two weeks ago and is that much hotter to even get it up to, to this level. And Nick Castellanos, uh, the man who loves Scooby-Doo as his favorite superhero. He's just great <laughs> to listen to talk to and can just smash doubles like nobody's business. Hits a home run every now and again, but he seems to be heating back up as well. Over the last week, he's batting 259. Three runs, a homer, five RBIs, and a steal. Good for him with the steal, too. So I'm taking a look at all those Phillies. They're obviously, none of them are very budget conscious. I bought my own Castellanos, and I won a Castellanos double, who I then traded away. Uh, he is in the under 10 range, but the others are all a little pricier. But definitely get them in if you can. Okay, now let's move into our... Uh, extra section here. I want to make sure that I touch on a few people throughout the week as I'm just tracking my own fantasy teams and when I'm get preparing for this podcast, I'll make little notes along the way of who to keep an eye on. And I want to make sure that these don't just fall by the wayside just because they don't have the best matchups. This is going to be for good and for bad. Like we talked about earlier, keep an eye out for the Braves. I personally am not starting any of my Braves in any of my important lineups. They did have the day off today on Thursday after they clinched on Wednesday, but I will be very curious to see who actually starts on Friday. Um, I can definitely see Snicker giving some folks some rest before he plays them the last week or so of the season to make sure we stay 
as fresh as we can uh, going into what will hopefully be a bye, what will almost certainly be a bye in the first round of the playoffs. So keep an eye on that. Uh, the best matchups for a relief pitcher by far, in my opinion, is Devin Williams. He's had some run lately, um, but I believe had today off. Uh, so definitely keep an eye on Devin Williams. Alexis Diaz, on the flip side of that, has pitched in three of the last four. So definitely something to think about. He's gotten a lot of work lately, and he's a stud, but he may or may not have uh, be available for those first couple. Sliding into the Cap 35 here, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, our Cap 35 lineup is a tip of the cap, if you will, to uh, the football or soccer side of the house where they do their... Um, they're capped lineups, so you will build a lineup on, in those game modes based on your player's last 15 uh, last 15 matches average score. Their average score is their point total, and you have a budget, and you can't go over that budget, whether it be cap 240 or cap 270. You have to stay under those limits based on the average scores of those players. There's nothing like that on the baseball side of the house, so I wanted to take a bit of a DFS slant to it and make some budget lineups here. This podcast is all about bringing dingers to the masses, right? Let's find the studs in the rough and make sure that with studs in the rough, that sounded kind of kind of raunchy. Maybe we need to edit that one out. Anyway, but finding those players that on a budget we can still compete with, right? So this whole budget or this whole uh, uh, cap 35 concept is about staying under $35. That's $5 for per position. We might go over on some and under on others, but the total budget for this lineup is $35, so we can get in here and make some some budget plays, as well as, you know, maybe you just had somebody go down for this week, or somebody doesn't have good matchups, and you see, think, hey, maybe I can find somebody for four bucks and just throw them in my lineup, and they would perform better than X or replace Y. So that's the whole point here. Taking a look at this week's lineup, we've got in our starting pitcher position, uh, Tarek Skubal for $6.99. These prices are based on the floor price at SoRareData.com. If you're not using SoRareData already, check it out. little free pub for them, but no one listens anyway, so it doesn't really matter at this point. But um, all the price is based on the floor price there. If you check on SoRare, it might vary a little bit, or by the time you listen to this, it's, it might have varied. But Tariq Skubal, just under $7. He's at the Angels on Friday. He hasn't had fewer than 7Ks in his last five games. The guy is a monster, and he's also a lefty. The Angels are just bad to begin with, but their two best right-handed hitters are Logan O'Hoppy, who just came back from a torn labrum, and Randall Gritchick, who they've already tried to option twice. He might not even be on the team at this point. I didn't double-check before this podcast because he's really not that important. Sorry, Sorry Randall, if you listen. Um, so Tarek Skubal for our starting pitcher. In our relief pitcher spot, we've got Tanner Scott at $4.03. He did not pitch today, pitched yesterday, has three saves in the last two weeks. Has been on a, a good run for the Marlins of late who win close games. They don't have the most prolific offense. Shout out again, we talked about this a little bit last week, to the, the Sparps, right? The starting pitchers and relief pitchers, or in this case... Uh, Seth Lugo versus Oakland. He's a bit of a cheat code. He didn't fit in here to this lineup. Just want to throw him out there for everybody. His relief pitcher card from last year is about $8 as of now, and you can stick him in that slot, and he's been tearing it up as a starter. But he does not qualify for this exercise today. Just wanted to give him a shout-out. At corner infield, we're going with uh, Wilmer Flores, middle infield Tyro Estrada, outfield Mike Yastrzemski, hitter J.D. Davis. Yes, that's four Giants in a row after they just burned us a little bit this past week, but going to Colorado against 
not great pitching, and they have gotten a little hot as of late. Uh, allowed for some fantastic matchups, and those are very cheap prices. Wilmer Flores, 276, Tyro Estrada, 374, Mike Yastrzemski, 248, and JD Davis, 228. Left me with plenty of budget for my flex, which is Seiya Suzuki, who is hotter than just about anybody right now, as you heard earlier, at $9.92. So still even under $10. If anybody had their TI-83 Plus out, then they saw that that would total up to $32.20 under that cap 35 limit there. So we'll see how that one does uh, in the coming week. Now to round out this section here, I'm going to start trying to do this. This is going to be my ideal lineup. Depending how much time I have, we'll see how if I can actually get these done. Because my ideal lineup is just simply I went through each position and decided, okay, based on who I think the very best play, based on the matchups, regardless of price would be, let's put them out there. So this is going to be my version of helping y'all rank some of these players. If you have some of them, you're trying to split between others. I think this lineup will score very highly. And this is where I'm really going to put my money where my mouth is and see where where these lineups would score every week uh, in comparison to how things actually go down. So the perfect world lineup for this week is going to be uh, Garrett Cole uh, in the starting slot at $15.24. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that one. Seth Lugo in the RP spot, like we just talked about, for $8, getting a starter in the relief pitcher spot. Uh, the rest of the hitters here we've talked about already. Bellinger for corner infield is $27.96. Trey Turner at middle infield, $56.67. Kyle Schwarber, $24.87 at outfield. My extra hitter, Bryce Harper, at $63.07. And my extra hitter, under 10, or I'm sorry, my flex position, under $10, Seiya Suzuki again. So I'm stacking. Trey, Schwarber, and Harper, and I'm going to try and do a little mini stack with Bellinger and Seiya. Make sure I'm maximizing my games there. Two teams that are on fire, great matchups, and absolute studs. Uh, Also, if we were paying attention here, Trey and Harper both cost on their own almost double what the Cap 35 lineup is. So that should really start to illustrate the value there. Now, I'm not saying the Cap 35 lineup is going to come in first. But I'm also saying that you can definitely find some bangers in there to go along with uh, your lineup, just simply based on price. These prices are up there for the limited sphere. Last bit here, when we talk about trading, want to talk about what I've been thinking about from a trading perspective, flipping perspective. One of the most fun parts of this game, right, is being able to own the cards, sell the cards, see the value of your cards rise and fall. Now, in no, in no way, shape, or form is this going to be financial advice. I don't want it to come across as such. But to just talk about a couple of the things I'm looking at moving forward is it's coming to the end of the year. Look at your old guys. The worst thing that can happen. Now, collections make it so that folks who retire, their cards don't come completely irrelevant unless it's a year one <laughs> player, but that's that may or may not have its own value in its own right. The collections will help with this, but once somebody retires, you're not playing that card. There might be retired modes later on. There might be things and additional game modes that come out to try to up the value of these things, but I'm not trying to be sitting here holding a card of somebody who's retired, pardon me, once the season ends out here. So definitely think about that. Uh, None of us like to take a loss on our cards, but it's also better than getting a zero on your card, right? So it might be time to get out from under them. The last piece here, we'll talk about this again as we talk about in the special 
um, the special podcast on what the playoff format is going to be like. Be like, but there will be a format that uh, takes into account game weeks as we progress through the playoffs. So you're going to want to have teams, or you're going to want players on teams that progress deeply into the playoffs. So the first question you have to ask yourself is. Who do I think is going to be in the World Series? And start there and work backwards, right? So you're going to want people who you think are going to be in the final dance and will have the deepest run and then will have the most at-bats, the most game weeks, the most starts going forward. So definitely keep an eye on that. We'll talk about it a little bit more later on in the week, but that's going to wrap us up for today. So all of you, again, if you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't have any friends, get out there and make friends and learn new things.